Okay, on the line, uh, I'm speaking with Phil Campbell from the Temperance Movement. And, hello, uh, hello, how are you doing? Hi. Yeah, I'm doing all right, man. Good, good, good. How are you? Uh, well, very well, thank you. Uh, I'm not quite sure where you are in the country at the minute, but uh, we're up here in Northumberland and it's quite chilly and, you know. <laughs> but we're do doing okay. Oh, it's freezing up here as well. I'm up here in Glasgow and it's getting really cold. <laughs> Indeed. So, Aye, I know. Uh, it's uh, frosty mornings and all that kind of stuff, but that's nice. But it's we nice. enjoy that because we're northerners. And yeah, I know, but you get those days in Glasgow where it's you, it's maybe been nice between six and seven, sort of half seven, uh -huh. and you've had the sun, and then by the time you're out there into the day, nine, ten, it's just dreech. It's just horrible. And there's no colour in the sky, and that's in the morning, and it, it just feels like the whole day's over already before it's even bloody begun <laughs> you know that's a no that's that's northern weather for you is it not uh, well yeah but you know we, we put a smile on it you still think hi ah, fair enough it's a dark cold night and it's but you know ah, yeah. i know it's, it's time for cozying up it's exactly there you are you get uh, a roaring log fire going and uh well maybe it's not in your flat or anything but <laughs> Yeah, if I had it, wouldn't it wouldn't be it wouldn't be possible to get that. But I know what you're saying. <laughs> so, Phil, you're uh, you've you've been on tour um, for the last what year or so, something like that. The last few months, certainly in the UK and stuff like that, and over in Europe. Uh, new album out. You've only been gone since 2011. Bit of a roller coaster ride for you. Um, well, we've actually been going. Um, when was it we started? Um, it was around about the end of 2011. Yeah. And um, it's... Uh, no, I wouldn't say it's a roller coaster ride. I'd say it's been a roller coaster ride in the 10, 15 years previous to this. Right. Um, but with the temperance movement, it's all sort of worked out the way that we wanted it to. Mm -hmm. And it was there's been a couple of breaks definite breaks that we got that helped us sunflower mm -hmm. jam being one of them yeah you know um and and sort of uh certain gigs that we played yeah um, at the right time and uh facebook and things and, and all that and all that we had in the, in the in the group in itself the people in the group with a particular skills out with musicianship mm -hmm. um together we just we just went at it hard, and we figured, well, if we work hard, that you know it'll pay off, you know, because we'd all worked hard already before the temperance movement, mm -hmm. you know. It yeah. was all, it was all, you know, gigging and and working for different masters over time, and and then you know that we all got together and, and thought, oh, so do so that, let's just get a band together that mm -hmm. we really like. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and, and I mean, how did you? arrive at the band and how how did you get together originally um it was started by i guess luke and paul got together and started jamming mm -hmm. and the you know they they were i think each other's favorite guitar player right and i think after after an afternoon of playing the guitar the legendary story goes it's quite sweet, actually. Paul kind of left the flat and kind of turned to look and said, "Well, do you want to get a band together like this, right?" And and um, and then the next thing that happened was 
Luke called me because he said to Paul, well, yeah, if we get a band together, I know the singer. And, and he Luke had, Luke had spoken to me. I used to live in London many years ago, and mm-hmm. I'd met Luke then, and he, he kind of, he, he, he was talking about, he was talking about a band to me one night when we went out for dinner, and I wasn't really hearing them because I was too busy listening to the sound of my own voice at the time. So I didn't really, I didn't really hear what he was going on about, and mm-hmm. couldn't really figure out how I was meant to do it because I was doing something else entirely. And, but he came back to me again about it and said, do you want to do it? And it was the right time, so I was fed up, you know, being a solo artist and, you know, the way I was doing it. And right. I was needing something else to do that would allow me to, you know, perform and everything. Mm-hmm. And the, the temperance movement uh, started with the three of us, really just sitting down and wondering about how we were going to get a drummer, how we were going to get a bass player mm-hmm. and all that. So... So we got those guys, we got Damon, we met Damon, and we met Nick, and uh, and after a few, after, it was just after a few months we were we were set, that was it. Marvelous. We played the first gig at Water Rats, and, and that's it, that's how we started, right. you know. And I mean, it's it's a great sound, um, and, and the guitars, I mean, they do work really well together, the two guitar players, and uh, lots of nice influences in there bits of pedal steel and stuff that you don't often get with the modern sort of rock styles. Um, was yeah. that already there? Was that something that came in from the very beginning or is that something that has has grown as the time, as the band's grown sort of thing? Well, the first thing I heard that they played, the first thing that was sent to me was the, was Ain't No Telling, which was this the sort of the chord structure for mm-hmm. Ain't No Telling. Yeah. And, I, you know, I just loved the way that they both played the guitar. I couldn't really tell who was who. Um, but I, I'd say that, you know, all of us get on, I think, because we we recognise the more classic um, or Catholic uh, style of, you know, musicianship. Yeah. As it were, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's going back a bit. And I see that in Paul and I see that in Luke. Uh, so, you know, I have a deep, deep respect for that type of that type of just plugging in guitar. Even when when I myself have played guitar and, mm-hmm. and, and various things I've done, I liked that style of just plugging into an older, smaller amplifier, right? And and kind of getting more an older sound out of it. And 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 these two guys are devoted to that that whole you know um, concept of of, of old vintage guitars, old vintage amplifiers, plugging straight in basically, right? Um, and 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 playing, you know. And and so, was that was that a, uh, an ethos that you used when it came to record the album? Then was oh, it all I, I, live I, in in one room together, and you could you know you well, could feed off really each other. Any other way of playing the music that we play, um, other than everybody sets up and play. You can overdub and all that. You can put on a tambourine. You can. You know, put on a hand clap. Sure. You can, put on a, you can put on some shakers, but you're not going to get, you're not going to get a good performance unless everybody's played together. Yeah. You know, you can replace a vocal line. You can, you know, you can, but you need to get the core of the song going hard at it, going in, in the intro, through the first verse, and you know, and you need to get a take. You know, it's very difficult even to tie things together from different takes. It's, everything's played. You know, it's it's all different. You need to get a take. Yeah. Um, 
And so that's what we went for, and we did it really, really quickly, so that so that we would we wouldn't, we wouldn't be, you know, you know, wasting time or with the the the, the old sort of pro tools, mm-hmm. um, sort of like a bag of sack of potatoes in our bag, weighing <laughs> us down with so many options. Yeah, it's such it's such a joke. You yeah, know, it all it all it is is five people playing. You only need a few tracks, and you know, at its at at the, its most basic, and and the amount of the amount of the amount of uh, um, the amount of kind of options that you've got with a modern style of course, it's, it's ridiculous, you know. And I've been in studios and and we've and we've we've gone on and on and on and on for hours, mm-hmm. taking something and trying to change it, and then you'd be as well just bloody doing it again. Sure. Because you've got um, just as many options, haven't you? Once it's, think, and it's like, well, shall I chop this or shall we do this? Or yeah, I mean, we just wanted as musicians to to be heard, and and in terms of you know the time that we've all been around, uh-huh. Luke and Paul and I and Nick and Damon, we all know how to record music. We all know what it should sound like. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's become the Pro Tools and everything. It's become a bit of an engineer's game. It's, it's, it's they call it we see always a dark ass bollocks. It's just. It's just a lot of fun in the really. <laughs> but, you know, and I, I'm not saying it's not valid because there's umpteen styles in music that need that. Yeah. Right? And yeah. where music is created through that medium, yeah. through that process. That's not what we're doing. Yeah, but you know, for we're, straight we're, ahead, good time, rock and roll sort of stuff, it doesn't need to try be. try to sound like the Stones. I, I mean, I exactly want to sound like the Stones. I don't, I'm not beating about the bush. Yeah. Because I want to have that guitar sound. I want to have that. I want to use that microphone that, that right. the Jagger used. I want, you know what I mean? It's, it's, I'm no hiding that fact. Did you record the tape then, or did you go that far? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. recorded to a reel of tape that I believe has only about thirty minutes on it, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so we did three takes of each tune maximum, and right. we, we we would choose which take. Very quickly, uh-huh. it would take an hour or so to do each each song. Uh-huh. We would choose from two or three takes, um, and then we would do another one. And when the tape was full, we would take everything we'd sort of dump, we'd dump it onto uh, a, a, a sort of um, a computer, uh, having having the compression from the tape. We dumped all of that onto the computer, and then we wiped the tape and started over again because we couldn't afford more than one tape. Right, now. right. That's, that's risky. Yeah, that's, where <laughs> that's where the computer's useful. Cause you because can, you can you, you record through the tape, you get the warmth of the tape, yeah. and you store the sound somewhere else to, yeah. to work with it after. Fantastic. And and so obviously, I mean, I mean you signed to Earache. Now, uh, another band, the Rival Sons, have also signed to Earache. Um, did, were you sort of headhunted, or did you, after having seen that the Rival Sons were with Earache, did you think that looks like a good label to go with, or...? Well, we we liked what they had done with Rival Sons. Um, you know, it, it, it was we weren't really we weren't really getting loads of offers then. We, we were only we only we only had a, a I would say some minimal interest in what we were doing. Right. We didn't really expect we were going to get a record deal. It was something that we would have liked, mm-hmm. um, but we were fully, you know, envisaging just releasing the thing ourselves and maybe getting picked up and in fact mm. we did an EP and that's it you know and then 
they came to us, Eric came to us with all these hardcore metal bands that, you know, we were really, really interested in. Yeah. You know, but they were saying, look, um, we want to, rec- we want to uh, widen our um, sort of um, roster, roster sort of, yeah. you know. So, um, so yeah, we signed Rival Sons. We saw and met Rival Sons. We gigged with them and, uh-huh. and I could see, you know, how they were a little bit similar to us. And, uh-huh. um, and they were actually much slicker than we are, you know. I mean, they're kind of, their show is, is quite intense and everything. I think, um, I think that our show, you know, the stuff that we do is, it, it has a, it's a little bit more humour about it, to be honest. Right. But the, uh, and and the tick could fall apart at any second. <laughs> but uh, I, I always feel anyway. But um, uh, that's um, that's by the by. But Edict was Edict was an option that was there pretty pretty early on after we we released this EP. And the man comes to us and goes, "I really like you. I'll sign you if you want. Look about elsewhere if you want. But yeah. you know, it's there. It's there if if you want it." So. It took ages to sort of the deal. It's boring. We were, we were on tour in, in um, Sweden at the time, uh-huh. and trying to sort out the deal was. Um, I, I'm glad to see, um, uh, sort of sorted out. Um, quite, you know, without without too much without hassle too much, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Could yeah. tune in from from lawyers asking for a third Rolls Royce, and well, it was just to try and it was just to even it was just to sort of get it right, you know. Yeah. Because we the, the thing the thing that the thing that we want is to to maintain creative control over things, you know, because yeah. because the music business has, has become uh, the music business at the popular end of things, mm-hmm. at the sort of um, like solo artist end of things, yeah, you know, or the the bands, they're all. Uh, manufactured is too it's, it's too nasty I don't mean that I mean it's just uh, you know folk are, folk are sort of controlled in the UK industry everything's controlled very yeah. tightly yeah. from indie bands right to pop bands uh-huh. you know it's it's all everything's absolutely you know you, you jump on any opportunity it's just a massive big sort of sales game yeah. and <clears throat> rather than jump into bed with, with you know a big major label mm-hmm. That might not see the album through. Um, we yeah, were or changing staff or whatever, and you get dropped. They were going to work. They were going to sort of run with it and help us, you know. But we we worked with them, and we we you know we were very proud of ourselves when we got to number twelve because uh, in the album chart yeah. because we kind of feel as if we were there as a band every step of the way. It, it wasn't being done for us. It was it, it, we kind of got there. Through our own strength as well as as Eric, yeah. yeah, excellent. And I mean, you've had you know, obviously, you just said there you were at number twelve and stuff, and you just won best new band in the Classic Rock Awards. How did yeah. that make you feel? That was awesome. <clears throat> that was really really awesome. I could. <clears throat> um, it was. Um, it was while we were on tour. Um, we heard, and it was it was a long tour. It was hard. It was. Uh, we were getting set up each other sitting in that van and um, Paul said oh, I've got some good news and he turned around and said we've won you know we've, we've, we've got band. this uh, we've got this thing uh, so that's that's uh, that was amazing 
it was absolutely amazing to the feeling because we um, had been working so hard. Yeah. Like on the tour, but the whole year, and we we you know it was um, it was something that I'd, I I felt very very proud of. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, and and you, you were saying that the, the the tour, I mean, you must have been very pleased with the reaction that you got throughout on the tour. I know I, I caught you in Newcastle, and uh, I haven't seen a crowd reaction like that for a long time in a very hot and sweaty venue, sold oh, out. God, and uh, yeah, I remember that. I almost fainted. It's too. It was too hot. It, it, you know, and um, I I almost it thought was, it was the ideal place for you though. That 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 because it was one of those little really low down ceilings, very very hot and sweaty. Not when you're wearing a furry No, well that's true. It was a bit of a <laughs> questionable fashion choice that night. No, I know, I know. I mean, it's just it, it, it's uh, the small. I, I mean, I I love the smaller venues, but I like a bit of space to jump about on a sure. stage. And when you've got a bit of space, you've got a bit of air. Yeah. As well, generating yeah. And, and and so so it was. Um, I like. It. I mean, I, 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 it's, it's, I, I like all the gigs, obviously, but you know, it's uh, there's a there's a certain atmosphere you can get for from an O2 Academy or something yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it is that is something that I've never really experienced in my life. You know, that's why it's, it's I'm, I'm, you know, the, the kind of that last leg of that tour that we did, I was just for God's sake, you know, it was just. You know, really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Because you've been playing and playing and playing for years. You've been playing in these wee venues. You've been playing while nobody's been listening. You know. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's great to fill them up, and it's great to step out as well. Yeah. Um, and and I mean, you're saying that great to play with, and nobody's been listening. And you, and you came out that night, and uh, a great way to start it. You didn't use any mic. You didn't use any amps. You just came out with your voice and an acoustic, and everybody shut up. Well, nearly everybody shut up, didn't they? And you sang your first song, which was a no, great way to start. There, there was, uh, there was. I have to say, I have to admit, there was, there was, there was still a bit of chit chat going on during that, and and um, we've never really said anything about it. But I think folk, folk, our fans have made a big deal about it. And you've got to shut up and they play that Chinese lantern. Yeah. The boy that was talking that night, I tell you, the boy that was talking that night, he was a Scot. Right. I, 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 went, out, I went out afterwards. I said to him, I said, you, you were talking the whole way through that bloody song. He went, ah, can we? I says, I says, what's that about? And he went, oh, I was only joking me. I was only joking me. I was here with these two lashes and blah, blah, blah. They're like, always the same. <laughs> Your fellow they countrymen. Cannot, they cannot let it lie. <laughs> you wouldn't let it lie. Got to let themselves, got to let themselves be known. <laughs> so, uh, Phil, just a little bit about yourself. I mean, how long have you had? When did you first realise you had that voice that you that you have now, which is oh, I mean, phenomenal it, voice? It's uh, you just. You just sing and somebody will say that it's great, you know. If you if you to go about all your life, you know, oh, I've got an amazing voice, you know, it's just <laughs> not me. It's not me. I mean, I, I, you know, you, at first you get over getting used to what it sounds like, mm-hmm. 
back when you're hearing it back. Yeah, the first time you record, it's like, ah. yeah, yeah, like when your kids are it, yeah. you hear it on a tape back, and you think, that's no way to sound like. My wee boy did that the other day, and I, I was listening to something he was he recorded on the phone, and and it sounded just like him. And he says to me, that doesn't sound like me. And I says, ah, but it does sound like you. Yeah. You, you, you get used to how it sounds, but you don't. I've never been that confident to go about going, oh, I'm amazing, I've got a great big voice. Uh-huh. I mean, the, 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 the temperance movement experience has given me a lot of confidence. Yeah. And it's, it, it's certainly helped me to, um, to, enjoy, to enjoy performing and singing, and especially singing, like soul singing, like, you know, am I just going without an instrument? Yeah. Because I, I did try for years as a, as a, as a singer-songwriter, always... With a guitar or with a piano, right? And felt very, very naked without it. But lo and behold, when I try, when I got rid of the things, I really enjoyed, and you can kind of lean in in a microphone. But see, the temperance movement from the start, Luke always, Luke wanted me to sing like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd he'd heard me singing that kind of range, um, and 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 he um, he said, "That's that's how that's what we're going to do. We're going to you're going to sound like Chris Robinson. We want you right. to sound like." And have that swagger and... and I never I wasn't really sure that I could do it continually for ten songs and uh-huh. until I until obviously I tried it. And the first the first rehearsal of the Tempest Movement I was like a shadow of, of, of the man that I came in at the rehearsal room. It was it was so tiring. And and then began a sort of I, I you know, a, a realization that in order to do that it was it was gonna be it was gonna be quite a physical Job and I've begun, yeah. and the more that I've the more that I've sung with the band, the, I suppose the the, the the more able I've become to do it because at first I wasn't able to. Right. At first I wasn't able to sustain three, four, five, six songs in a rehearsal room. It was very difficult, you know. Mm-hmm. But your voice does get stronger the more you use it, and and if I had something of that voice before this band, the the, the band uh, and and the songs that we wrote have really strengthened that. Right. Yeah, and do you do anything in particular to 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 look after your voice? And I've spoken to a few people, and they have different things to look after their throat. They don't speak during the day, or you know, when they're on on a gig night. And somebody else was saying about they'd uh, it was a a country singer actually called Dale Watson, and he'd developed his deep voice um, from a a thing that he'd learned from a Hollywood guy in the fifties, where they told him to scream for a day and then do nothing. For a week, and then scream for a day, and then do nothing, and it basically it tears your throat up, but it deepens it sort of thing. And I just wondered if you do if you do anything to get that timbre of um, voice. Best thing for your voice is to sing. The best thing for singing is to sing mm-hmm. and, and to drink water. Um, there's there's if you're going to sing at the at the rate that I sing, um, you've got it. You, you've kind of got it. You've got to warm up a bit. You've got to, you've got to kind of just open up your throat. And so I do scales. I do um, I do some up and down kind of da 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 and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. I try and you know about and within the hour before I go on, I try and just open up my throat. But there's no real there's no real warm up for the way you sing. And and in actual fact, when I go out when I go out on a stage, I kind of the first song is the warm up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just you know it, it's and the, the voice itself is the more that you use it, the more your your body gets used to that. And as long as the worst thing, the worst possible thing for for it, 
for singing is to be is to is to be dehydrated and not have enough water. Yeah. Um. You need you need to be you need to drink and you're pissing out the rest of the night. But you drink and you drink and you drink to try and to just to sort of lubricate the throat. Yeah. But you sweat it out. I I mean <laughs> I do I do it's 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 ridiculous how sweaty I get on the stage. But Particularly with your furry gilet on. Yeah, well, you know, I I I realised after time that I, I could only keep that on for the first song and then possibly the second half of the song, the next one. You know, it's it it was uh, there are venues that are you know cooler. Right. So, what's the future for what what next? Are you got a few months off now or a few weeks off over Christmas and stuff? And... We'll only have we'll have a few weeks off um, right. before I think. I think things will happen. We'll be, we'll probably be writing in January. Um, at some point, we'll, we'll put a couple of weeks aside to sort of write some more songs. Right. February, I think we're doing some more gigging. February, March. There's nothing really happening until the spring, right. basically. But there's bits and pieces. There'll be bits and pieces in and out. I'll be, I'm sure I'll go up and down to London a bit. Maybe we'll focus between between us. We'll focus on uh, on trying to get some new songs together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that we're going to be touring again. Right. Uh, next year, um, I just, I just, I got an email outlining the first draft of that right. for the spring, um, through April and May. And is the UK and that, included that's just, in that? That's then? just going to, that's just going to increase as as we go on, and right, you know, and you know, there's mention of America, but I don't know, I don't know where it fits into the right. year plan. I really only, I only know about the spring and perhaps. The end of next year, where we have done the tour that we've just done, maybe we'll we'll go abroad somewhere. Right. I'm just guessing. I'm just right. I'm honest. I'm just Pulling guessing. Out. But well, I know that it's going to be a lot of work to do. There's going to be a lot of touring to do. And you're and you're ready for that. Aye, aye. I mean, I, I'm really, really, I'm I'm very, very happy with what we've done. I mean, how we've, you know, the best the best thing of all for me was playing Coco. Uh huh. Um, for, you know, filling it up and playing it as as, as well as we did. We really, yeah. you know, and 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 we'd been on tour. We'd, we're match fit. And we came back, and it was just the perfect time to play it. Yeah. Um, winning that award and then playing Coco the next night was fantastic. Because you were on a high, and it was fucking bollocks, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the man said, Led Zeppelin was there to see us, and and it just made you feel really important. Yeah. And although I mean, it was nerve. You're nervy as well, but you're no nervy like you're, you know. No, you're just you're a bit edgy and ready to. First gig, you're yeah. nervy. You're nervy because you just. You want to get on and. You're what you're 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 worried in case somebody just stop you going out there. Uh, fantastic, Phil. Once again, thanks very much for taking the time out to talk to us, mate. Yeah, much appreciated. Thank you. Cheers, man. Thanks for talking to us. That's lovely. Thanks now. Good night, brother. Cheers. Bye. Bye.